40 days, 40 nights. A season of discipleship. A season of spring cleaning for the soul. A season of intentional spiritual practice. A season of no jokes. Uh, Excuse me, a season of no good jokes. A season called Lent. Today, therefore, is the second Sunday of Lent. And today's Gospel lesson from St. Luke chapter 13 is a very interesting chat between the Pharisees and Jesus. Now, we usually often think of the Pharisees being enemies of our Lord, right? But in this passage, the Pharisees, who are a group of highly devoted lay teachers of the Bible and of the Jewish faith, are actually warning Jesus to get out of town because the local ruler, King Herod, wants to kill him. Now, Jesus is not bothered by this. Because he knows that he is investing in the true treasures of life, right relationship with God, with others, and with self. He knows he is fulfilling his purpose and his mission. So he's not bothered. What about you? Are you investing your life in the true treasures? Or are you investing your life in the false treasures, in the things that will not really matter in the end? Whether your life is great and you are on the mountain, or whether your life is grief and you are off the mountain, or whether you're somewhere in between, how do you make sure that you are investing in the true treasures? How do you make sure that you are in right relationship with God, with others, and with self? Because we're in the season of Lent. And folks, Lent is all about getting back into right relationship. But how? Well, there's lots of short answers that the world offers to you. There's short answers we talk about here in church, with God's help. By coming to this Eucharistic table, whether you're well or weeping. But the longer answer that we've been exploring when it comes to keeping track in life and investing in the right things in life is the practice of the spiritual disciplines. That's what we've been talking about during Lent. Turn to someone nearby and say, spiritual disciplines. A routine or rhythm of spiritual disciplines is called in the Christian tradition a rule. A routine or rhythm of spiritual disciplines is called in the Christian tradition a rule, as in a rule of life. I invite you to take out the cardstock copy, it's orange I think, of our rule of life. It's in your bulletin. And we'll recite the rule of life that we're exploring here at St. John's, the shared routine. We won't say the numbers and we won't say the words in parentheses. In response to God's love, supported by my St. John's family, and empowered by the Holy Spirit, I will live my baptismal vows as a disciple of Jesus, 
by striving to worship weekly, pray daily, serve at St. John's and beyond, love others and build spiritual friendships, know the Christian story and invite others, give generously, rest regularly. Last week we looked at the very first mark of discipleship, which is worship weekly. The week in, week out, year in, year out gathering at God's family table, our local St. John's parish family table. What we also call the Eucharist or the Mass. This morning we're going to take a look at two other marks of discipleship, beginning with pray daily. Pray daily. Let's say that together. Pray daily. Prayer is an elusive thing. It does not conform to our formulas, and yet its power is unmistakable. Archbishop William Temple, who in the last century, some of you were, well, I was too born in the last century, served as the, Archbishop William Temple served as the Archbishop of Canterbury, the head of our worldwide Episcopal Anglican family of churches, but he had these interesting words to say about prayer. Quote, I notice, when I pray, coincidences happen. When I stop praying, coincidences stop happening. End of quote. That's sort of interesting. Maybe that's been your experience. And yet, question, question for you, question. How many of you have ever wrestled with unanswered prayer? Raise your hand. Yeah. I have wept over unanswered prayer. And yet I've also been pleasantly surprised at how prayer was answered. There is a mystery to prayer. And yet prayer is more than just asking God for stuff. Prayer is more than just pleading with God on behalf of somebody else. Those are both legitimate ways of praying. But there are more. Using the deepest voice you can find, say more. More. For example, for example, there is the prayer of silence. The prayer of quiet, sometimes it's called contemplative prayer. And in this prayer, you don't say any words, you seek to open up your mind, and the whole point of the prayer of silence is simply to say, Lord, here I am, I'm making myself available to you, be present if you like, Speak if you like. How many of you ever tried something like that? It's a prayer of silence. Good. There is the prayer of thanksgiving, where you pray over your meal and your attitude. Uh, how many of you make use of that spiritual practice? Good. Maybe you need to get back to it. There is the formal prayer of the church. The formal prayer. Morning prayer, noonday prayer, evening prayer, and compliment. These are daily services, underline daily, found in the prayer book. How many of you have ever prayed over these services on your own or someone else outside of the church building? Outside of the church building. Excellent. Good. Prayer can be as simple as crying out in pain with intention toward God. That's prayer. Prayer can be as complex as Bach writing a cantata, a symphony, with intention toward God. Prayer can be very complex. 
Are you praying daily? The teachers of prayer and the great tradition of Christianity, Catholic, Orthodox, and Protestant, all tend to recommend a similar regime, a similar routine. They all say that you should have a daily fixed time of prayer. It could be one minute to start. It could be 30 seconds to start. Often in the morning and often paired with Scripture. And then weaving prayer into the rest of your day as needed and as prompted. Are you praying in that way? Maybe Lent is the time you can start to build or rebuild that daily fixed time of prayer. It could be one minute. And they're seeking to weave prayer into the rest of your life as needed and as prompted. If you are currently doing that or sort of trying to do that, say amen. Good. And now, as promised, a bad joke. Yay! That is mildly entertaining. So an Irishman is trying to find a parking spot at the grocery store. He drives around, he drives around, he drives around, and finally he says, Lord, I can't take this anymore. So just help me find a parking spot. I'll give up all the gifts, I'll stop all the cursing, and I'll go to Mass every Sunday. And in grey, rainy Ireland, immediately the sun shines forth on this parking spot. And without hesitation, the Irishman says, Oh, never mind, I found one. <laughs> I know some of you wish I would find better material, or find a better accent. And actually, just to let you know, I originally was planning, in honor of St. Patrick's Day, at this point in the service, to do a little jig for you, a little Irish step dancing. But I shared it with our junior warden on our council, John Stewart over here. And uh, this is what John said. He said, Father, the congregation has suffered enough by listening to your jokes and by looking at your face. Now, he didn't say all those things. Just the part about my face. So, no, John didn't. So, I think that we should probably step along now. The second mark of discipleship we're just going to briefly touch upon is to serve at St. John's and beyond. Serve at St. John's and beyond. Let's say that together. Serve at St. John's and beyond. It has been said, one of the flashing green lights of the authentic Christian is a life of service. Just as there are many needs in the world, so there are many kinds of service. So check this out. Think about this. For some of you, for some of you, a good chunk of your ministry and service, a good chunk of it, will happen here at St. John's. But for a lot of you, the vast, 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 overwhelming, almost all of your ministry and service will actually take place beyond St. John's. And speaking of uh, bad accents, let me quote Dr. Phil to you. How's that working for you? Are you serving here? I know, I know, it's bad. I need to work into it a little bit more. Are you serving here at St. John's? Whether you are 9 or 99, if you think of St. John's as your spiritual home, you should be involved in serving here in some way. There's many ways to serve at the altar, there's ways to serve behind the scenes. And so maybe for you to time to involved or take your next step. Maybe you're going to be involved in our fifth Sunday dinner, which is coming up. We need some people to be involved in that. 
Now, every week after we have been fed by God at the altar, we are sent out to do what? Does anyone recall at the end of the service we were sent out to do what? To love and serve the Lord. How are you serving beyond St. John's? How does your life reflect our mission to love God, love others, and make disciples? Ministry is the call of all God's people. Ministry is the call of all God's people. Say this together very enthusiastically. Ministry is the call of all God's people. Yay! See, we were very enthusiastic. Once you are baptized, you enter the ministry. Once you become a Christian, in whatever Christian tradition, Catholic, whatever, Episcopalian, you are entering the ministry. The principal ministers of St. John's Episcopal Church Dubuque are you, the laity. Our prayer book makes it very clear the chief ministers are lay ministers. Then it talks about bishops, priests, and deacons. And your ministry and mine should happen both here at St. John's and beyond. Jesus was not bothered when the Pharisees told him to get out of town because King Herod wanted to kill him. Why? Because Jesus was investing in the true treasures. He knew his life was on track. He knew he was about what he should be about doing. His mission, his purpose. He knew he was investing in the true treasures of life. Late relationship with God, with others, and with self. How about you? Seriously think about this. When the King Herods of life, when the King Herods of the world want to derail you, want to mess you up, are you not bothered? Because you know what you're about, you know who your God is, you know what is the purpose of life. Now, let's put on our imagination helmets just briefly. Some of us have a hard time finding those imagination helmets. And imagine yourself remaining steady in the faith, whether your life is on the mountain or off the mountain. And imagine yourself remaining steady as a human being with purpose as you practice your spiritual disciplines, as you embrace the congregational rule, as you pray daily and serve at St. John's and beyond. Through these ancient practices, you can experience abundant life. You can experience a springtime for your soul. In these ancient practices, you'll find treasure that will last. Amen.